Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is one of the opening lines from the new Christina Milian romantic comedy, Resort to Love. When I heard they were looking for a singer on a tropical island, I figured, why not? I forget things that we talked about on the show all the time. And I know we talked about Resort to Love in the past briefly when it was announced. But I like that this line reminds me of everything I needed to know, which is that when she heard they needed a singer at the resort on the tropical island, she said, why not? Why not? Who is the love interest in this? Cinque Walls, that guy from like Power and the the show, the fantasy What's Upon a Time. Okay, interesting. So she goes there. Apparently, here's the summary. Aspiring pop star Erica. Rude to Christina Milian, who is not aspiring. Ends up as the entertainment at her ex-fiance's wedding after reluctantly taking a gig at a luxurious Mauritius Island resort while in the wake of a music career meltdown. She tries to keep the past relationship a secret from his bride-to-be, Beverly. But Erica rediscovers her feelings for her ex, Jason, who's played by Jay Farrow, despite his brother Caleb's walls attempts to keep them from falling back in love. (laughs) It's funny that, like... I've stopped watching Netflix mostly. Like, what do I watch Netflix for? Like, I think you should leave and that's it. And now I'm going to have to, I was like, I'm going to have to cancel my Netflix subscription. What do, I don't use this for anything. I'm going to use it for Christina Milian's Resort to Love. Why not? Oh, it's not even a Lifetime movie. It's like a Netflix movie. No, it's a movie. Netflix movie. Yeah, they're, they're like kind of pale imitations of Lifetime movies at this point. They're mm-hmm. not even like, they're almost like too expensive like they spend too much money on them which isn't they don't spend a lot of money on them but it's it's enough money where you can tell the difference but still not enough money that they're out here asking you for twenty dollars to rent it what are the odds of him showing up here to get married and my boss wants me to sing at his wedding you were listening to who's there our weekly call-in show where we take your questions comments and concerns at 619 who them let's get started with comments hi bobby and Lindsay. Uh, I had to pause the podcast today when I was listening because you were talking about Zendaya and Tom Holland. And I don't think it's true that they dated for three years only because she was dating Jacob Elordi very quietly up until he started dating Kaya Gerber in around 2019. So I think that this, this development in their relationship is relatively new, but... Uh, I I appreciate your sound logic on it. Anyways, crunch, crunch. Bye. I think they were together the whole time. You think that Zendaya and Tom Holland were together the whole time? Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I I don't know. These we got. And when I tell you we got a million calls about this, we got a million calls about this. I don't think that this proves anything. And I know we talked about Zendaya and Jacob Elordi at one point in the past, but I don't we think did, that means... We did, and I totally forgot it happened. Now I remember, thanks for the reminder, they were kissing out, out front of his Calvin Klein ad on Lafayette, mm-hmm. which is like the iconic Calvin, Calvin Klein billboard Klein outside yeah. the B the BD subway uh, at Lafayette, and they were smooching in front of him in his Calvins. But I I'm like I think that she was just like with Tom Holland essentially, and like they were kind of on and off, but not really like whatever. I think so too. And also, 
Jacob Elordi was seen palling around with other people as well. Kaya Gerber at one point. Yeah. And if you remember, Jacob Elordi was in, if you think that this is a, a publicity stunt, Jacob Elordi was in Euphoria with Zendaya. So there's a lot of things going on here. That could have been part of this whole thing too. The point is Zendaya is a them and Jacob Elordi is a who. And Tom Holland is a them. So I guess we're not talking about them anymore. So I guess that's over. Next call. Hello, Who Weekly. I am a lawyer and I'm excited because this is the first time that I've ever called and gotten to be like, lawyer here, here's some information. Anyway, regarding Ring O and Ringo, uh, there's actually a requirement that if you have a trademark, you have to basically protect or police or enforce it. So anything that you might think is threatening to the trademark, you have to either send a cease and desist letter to get them to take it down, or if people aren't responding to that, you would have to sue to demonstrate that you are protecting your trademark so that you don't lose your trademark. So it's not necessarily rich people being petty, just rich people trying to protect their trademark. Um, It's actually really interesting because some big companies actually have people that work for them, lawyers that work for them, and their job is just to, like, troll Twitter and look for people using names like Walmart, for instance, um, and using it incorrectly or using it for their own businesses and then sending cease and desist letters and suing people. So that is my lawyer ad. Crunch, crunch. Bye. I had no idea that that was the rationale behind it, that you have to yeah, like prove that you're taking care of play. yourself. Yeah. It's a defensive play. It's not like the the world will smack down your copyright offenders. You have mm-hmm. to go out and find them and say like, FYI, I am the Ringo. Like you are not the Ringo. So that in the future, if there's a bigger piece of like alleged infringement than cock rings with your name on them, you can say, look, I go out of my way to protect my trademark. I went after the cock rings. Exactly. But the thing is, he dropped the cock rings, though. So what, what this must have been, you know, something that a lawyer found and said, oh, this is a copyright infringement. Ringo, and then uh, they took it too far ring. and Ringo had to step in and say, leave the cock rings alone. Now that I'm thinking about it, we got a couple of lawyers calling about this. Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if this is one of those things where Ringo was like, God damn it, I wanted to sell cock rings like 10 years ago and people told right. me that was a bad idea. And now right. here I am being proven right. Too late. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, I just wanted to call in about uh, Soup Nazi's um, cameo. (laughs) What I think is really ridiculous about Soup Nazi, um, Larry Thomas, a.k.a. the Soup Nazi, is that he has this sort of caveat about how uh, no commercials or business products is in all caps and uh, for the chef coat, there is a $200 business price option, which only means I'll put on the chef coat, but still no commercials for business or products. Okay. And so he, he repeats, he reiterates, please don't book the $80 price and tell me you'd like to pay the 200. You have to choose the business price first before you send it to me. I can't charge you. Also for speed, I can't always have access to a chef coat to get these done quickly. So, I feel like there's something fishy here because I, I just looked online and you can get a chef's coat for like $15 or less, right? Uh, and, and he's charging people $200, a premium business price, to put on the coat, which is the whole character, right? Who wants to see Soup Nazi in a, you know, in a sleeveless t 
t-shirt, <laughs> which is what he does a lot of these, and he wears tank tops, right? Clearly, people don't want to pay the $200 business price. But for me, I'm like, the whole point is that he's soup Nazi. Invest in the coat. It's $15. You're charging people $200 for pop. I, I have real issues with this. But people seem satisfied. He's five stars. So, all right. Tim Tebow lesbian. First of all, he has almost 1,800 reviews. He's made hundreds of thousands of dollars on this, which I think is really kind of wild. Um, he's a true it's very success the American story. dream. I'm like, I'm impressed by it. I have to say, if there's 1,800 reviews, think of how many videos he's made because that's only yeah. a small percentage of the videos he's made. None of the previews have his chef's coat on. None of yeah, them. Well, this is very much you had one job. Like you really need to be wearing a chef's coat, and if you don't have access to a chef's coat, maybe you need to wait until you're home and you have your chef's coat. It's not that hard to put on a chef's coat if people are going to ask you to quote the only thing you've been in. You know, like. Sorry, the only memorable thing you've been in to do a video for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very much you had one job and that job was to put on a coat. I understand the not business thing because I've seen on like the Cameo, they, thing. they ran into this issue where they were people were shadily getting them to like promote stuff. And that's like a totally different, that's a wholly different vibe. So yeah. they have to, if you want to do a business, you pay more and they have to approve the business or whatever. So like if we wanted to say like, uh, hey, Soup Nazi, say that Who Weekly is the best podcast ever. It'd have to go through like the business side mm -hmm, and he'd have to like mm -hmm. look up what it was if he wanted to do it. You know? But it looks like he won't even do that. It looks right. like Maybe he, he won't even do that. Maybe he got into a little bit of a tuffle. A tuffle? Maybe he got into a little bit of a thing with a business. Maybe he wasn't. I feel like there could be a lot of misunderstandings there. You don't want to just promote a random business. He says he explains it. It's because of his union and his agents that he's not allowed to do that, which I believe. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I believe it. His description is so long and so detailed. And yet, this guy, this is like his job. He responds in two hours. Yeah, of course. It's like his, It's like probably his major source of income. Yeah, Two hours. It's also crazy because it's like, you may think that $200 is too expensive, but he's clearly, these are selling out like hotcakes. Or hot soup. Hi, long time, I guess medium time. I just wanted to share because you guys were talking about Renee Selweger and um, she dated my uncle in like the 2000s and she came on a vacation with us um, one time and I was probably like 10 or 11, maybe 12. And this is like right when I was starting to think boys were cute. And she dared me to talk to this boy on the beach and offered me $20 if I did it. And so I did it. And it was the first time that I ever talked to a boy. And literally nothing happened except I got $20 from Renee Zellweger. So I just wanted to share that. And um, yeah, that's it. Team, Tim Tebow love in. All right, bye. Should have asked for more. Renee, I know you're an Oscar nominee. Renee should have asked for more. That Bridget. woman made a lot of money. I don't know Bridget. what year this was, but this one made a lot of money. Early two thousands, Renee was making she money. She was loaded. Okay, she That's was making money. Twenty dollars should have asked for more. I, I've heard this call twice, and it made me gasp the second time as well. Just like, that's a good story. This is the story I want. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to questions. Hi, weekly, long time, long time. Um, anyway, I'm calling in today because I just saw an ad for George Lopez Tacos which is a, quote, tasty online-only chef-curated restaurant created by Next Bite, end quote. And so basically, it's this taco place 
where he's he's the guy he owns it i guess and it's an online only restaurant using other kitchens to make the tacos and send them out for delivery um because that's what this company next bite does which was apparently founded in 2017 but i've never heard of anything like this so i guess george lopez them next bite who um is this something that exists a lot is there a lot of next by places and it's just more under the radar um okay thanks so much crunch crunch i don't want to talk about this company but what is happening here is an incredible first of all first for me combination of white labeling and ghost kitchening which mm-hmm. is like true ve- two very interesting modern phenomenons we've talked about white labeling before which is like a celebrity slaps their name on something that already exists and sells it or whatever that's fine usually fine by me mm-hmm. a ghost kitchen means that the restaurant doesn't even really exist it's just a kitchen without a storefront so everything is online it's for delivery only and therefore like who knows what's going on in there there's no seating. There's no, you know, it's just, it's very, this is very interesting because the idea of a white label is like, oh, I, tr- you know, I trust it because a celebrity thought it was good and put their name on it or whatever. And this is like, there really isn't anything there to trust. It's just mm-hmm. like somebody making tacos in like in a kitchen who knows where with <laughs> the, nothing um, on it. The website. So the caller read from part of it, yes, George Lopez Tacos is a tasty online-only chef-curated restaurant created by Next Bite, which is the funniest sentence I've ever read. But then when you click About Us and you scroll down and you go FAQs, the first question is, what is a virtual restaurant? And then you expand the question and it goes, glad you asked. A virtual restaurant is a restaurant that does not own a brick-and-mortar location for dine-in and exists for delivery only. And then it kind of it goes on. And it's like, where are you located? And it's like, did you read the first question? <laughs> but what's even funnier about this is that when Bobby said George Lopez's restaurant, I remember scrolling by a Daily Mail article like the day before or something in my RSS feed that was like somebody drove their car into George Lopez's mm-hmm. taco restaurant. And I was like, wait, so if it's if it's but the prop but the irony there is if it's not a real restaurant, what did they drive into? <laughs> well, I thought that too, but in addition to the virtual taco place, he has another restaurant, like a chain called Shingon Kitchen. Is that a real restaurant? It's a real <laughs> It's not a virtual restaurant. It's a real restaurant, and there are a few locations. So the car smashed into this actual restaurant, not George Lopez Tacos, which, again, doesn't exist. Also, we have some incredible margaritas. Uh, Mm. Pineapple margarita, uh, blackberry margarita, the famous margarita, the chingon margarita, and it all happens tonight. And the public is invited tonight. It opens at, uh, I believe it's uh, 6 o'clock. Put up the full screen. We're referencing it as the first The first, yes. Would, Would this be appealing to you? The idea of having these all over the place? Absolutely. Mm. Time to scale. So this got me thinking about George Lopez because his his show has been off the air for a while. And I was like, what's George Lopez up to? Because he had a show from 2002 to 2007. Then he had his talk show. Then he started doing more comedy. But he has a new show coming to TV. You know, I feel like the family sitcom is kind of back. I guess it has been for a while now. Did it ever? Did it ever leave? I mean, I guess like people were like, when streaming got big, people were like, "What about the sitcom?" But then it was like, it didn't. It kind of didn't really kill it though, or or even really damper it. It never got killed, but I feel like after like 
all of that quote-unquote prestige TV and the embrace of the like hour-long drama, people were like, but what about the the little guy? What about like the old kind of television? But meanwhile, it's like, it's like Big Bang Theory was like everyone was watching it. So it, yeah. it almost felt very much like a fake trend in a weird way, right. like a fake summation of something that really wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So he's getting a new television show with his daughter, who we've never talked about on the show before. His daughter, her name is Mayan Lopez, and mm-hmm. she's a TikTok star slash no. Instagram influencer. <laughs> yeah, She's no, not she's the hugest not. TikTok star, but she is a TikTok star, and she's Mayan Lopez on TikTok, and now she and her dad are getting she's a show so together cute. about their lives. So she was in George Lopez's sitcom in, uh, 14 years ago. Briefly, yes. When this came out, for, yeah, 14 or mm-hmm. so years ago. And now she's older, and she's going to star with him. In a show called Lopez versus Lopez, which it sounds like is like, my dad's this way, and I'm this way, and we're from a different generation, and we butt heads, but really we love each other. I mean, it's literally coming to you from the team that created the Connors. It's a very <laughs> traditional sitcom vibe, right? She'll probably be a TikTok star in it? No, I think she's older now. I think that's the, well, she's still a, she's she's still a TikTok she's star. Younger. She's not 11 years old. 14 years later, she's 24 she's years old. She's 25. Okay. TikTokers are in their 20s. I wouldn't call anyone aside from Tabitha Brown over the age of 25 a TikTok star. I'm just, It's just not. I just wouldn't. I do appreciate that she has her code for Casetify discounts in her Instagram bio. Use code 15Mayan for 15% off on Casetify. That's how you can tell. Page. That's how you can tell. She also has her freaking follower number in her bio, actually. I don't know if you noticed that. 470,000K. Well, she links to her manager. She has her bio. She has how many TikTok followers she has. And then she has a... Casetify discount code. This is someone who grew up in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking up the history of this woman, Mayan Lopez, again, there's not much to say about her. She hasn't been in a lot of things. Most of her stories are connected to her father. But something I didn't know about George Lopez is that his ex-wife, Anne Serrano, they divorced uh, over a decade ago. She gave George Lopez a kidney. That's is part of like their her, love story. Is this Mayan's story? mom? Or yes, different, this is Mayan's or mom. Different woman. Oh, okay. So Mayan's mom gave George Lopez a kidney. And I guess at the time it was this big story. It was like, oh, what a selfless thing. Like, oh, isn't that what love is? Giving your husband yeah. a kidney. Well, you Amazing. You can't divorce somebody who gives you their kidney. But then she unless did. Unless you're George Lopez. <laughs> but then she did. She gave him a kidney and he dumped her ass. But it sounds like there was actually a lot of messiness when it came to his behavior and the divorce. But whatever, we don't have to get into that. In my research, I'm doing air quotes, research of this woman, I found this website called Biography Tribune, which I've never seen before. And it had the headline, who is George Lopez's ex I'm sorry, but Biography Tribune is just two words. You can't, that doesn't, they don't go together. When you click it, it's just the words Biography Tribune in Old English to make it look like a fan. Yeah, it looks like a fan. It's like an impression of a newspaper. Right, Biography Tribune. It's one of those things, you ever read stories about how like people over 50 or people over 60 or maybe just boomers generally like have really bad internet comprehension where they can't tell if something's legitimate or not? You've read stories like that, right? Like older people are bad at like, digital comprehension and learning whether sure, or not a source is real or not. Like studies have been done about this. And I always, this made me think of studies like I that. I don't need a study. I have parents. You have parents. This website looks fake as hell. And I can picture my mom being like, well, I read on Biography Tribune that Anne Serrano may or may not be dead. It's just what like- What the fuck is Biography Tribune? <laughs> I found their shtick, Lindsay. And their shtick is using a very particular kind of SEO in their title. Here's an example. Who is George Lopez's ex-wife, Anne Serrano? Is she dead? So is she dead is the trick. Yeah, here's some more. I searched Google for 
the site Biography Tribune and instances of Is She Dead? And I found hundreds. Who is Polly Perrette from NCIS? Is she dead? Who is Harrison Ford's ex-wife Mary Markhart? Is she dead? Who is Alex Lang's girlfriend Bailey Madison? Is she dead? To answer your question, she is not dead. Bailey Madison is not dead. We just talked about her. But then there's this one. Who is Judy Dench? Is she dead or alive? Oh. They're shaking it up a little bit. Or alive. They know she's alive. What happened to YouTuber Filthy Frank? Is he dead? Who is retired actor Tim Curry? Is he dead? I've just never seen this before. It must do wonders for their SEO. I mean, it definitely does something. How did you get here? What search brought you here? I mean, I searched Anne Serrano bio. All right. So that got you there. It got you there. You didn't search Is She Dead to get to here. You just got, you just got her name. No, but it is one of the top five Google results. Who is George Lopez's ex-wife, Anne Serrano? Is she dead? And I was like, oh my God, is she dead? Because I hadn't seen that before. She's, she's not, not dead. No, she's not dead. She's not dead. So not, oh wait, not only did she give him her kidney, they became national representatives for the National Kidney Foundation. So mm-hmm. it was like, it was truly like she gave him a kidney and then they were like kidney donor people. Like they mm-hmm. had to talk about it a lot or whatever. Yeah. Sad. 2005 is when she gave him a kidney. Crazy. Their divorce came in 2011. Quite a few years later. You wait enough time to make sure your body hasn't rejected the kidney whenever you're good to go. (laughs) You're like, oh my God. You know what, Anne? You know what, Anne? I've had enough. I'm not going to bring up uh, Selena Gomez's friend, but I want to. She TikToks about her famous parents pretty frequently. Obviously, most children of famous people do this. There's one called My Divorced Parents Acting Like They're Married, Part One. My Divorced Parents Acting Like They're Married, Part Two. My divorced parents acting like they're married. Birthday edition. It goes on and on. My divorced parents acting like they're married. Part two. There's more. I can tell you why they select like they're married. <laughs> because he has her kidney. <laughs> she needed to lose her kidney to love him. <laughs> you know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past you know few years just a little bit of just a little bit of a push got your melatonin you got your various things but I found that of all the things a little bit of CBD a little bit of CB distillery that's getting me goes a long way getting me conked right out (laughs) and, and sleeping through the night it really is I love CB distillery they have not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over two million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO 
WHO for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code who, cbdistillery.com. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crop. So it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone it'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. Ad photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, medium time, medium time. I just wanted to call because Pete Davidson is the new Smart Water spokesperson. And uh, I'm loving the quote about it in People. The Rehydration Day campaign is intended to encourage people to, you know, make smarter choices and keep living smarter, Davidson explained. After the 4th of July, the world's first ever Rehydration Day is dedicated to get our nation back on its feet because there will be partying on July 4th. It's very important to stay hydrated the next day. Wise words from Pete Davidson. Crunch, crunch. How mad is Jennifer Aniston watching this shit go down? Jennifer Aniston doesn't get mad. She's like, I did not drink this smart-ass water for 50 years to be usurped by this tattooed fool. Here's something I believe. Jennifer Aniston hasn't been mad in at least 12 years. That's true. I bet when she found out she didn't get nominated for an Oscar for Cake, she was like, well, did you see it? <laughs> Honestly, I will say I'm so mad about this that it it shows me that it's a perfect ad because it's like, that's so true that Pete Davidson looks constantly dehydrated, you know? So like to yes. get him the water ad is genius. Whoever out there was like, this guy needs some some water please drink something pete davidson you know did you see that that tweet i think i sent it to you the like spider-man tweet where toby no. mcguire is talking to Kristen dunst and Kristen says tell me the truth i'm ready to hear it and then toby says you need to drink water and do something about that clothes <laughs> pile and then the next frame is Kristen dunst like looking sad with her eyes closed yeah he's the sort of person you're like pete you need to drink water and do something about that clothes pile i mean i just love first of all i've seen so much press it's perfect press and also quite unique press to talk about 
getting all your tattoos removed. There's a hundred. He has a hundred tattoos. They're in. They're insane. They're they're they all over his body from, too. Yeah. They're just and you can tell at a certain point he just didn't even care what he was getting. It would just be like Mickey Mouse and like the you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever the the artist wanted to put he got put for the aesthetic of his whole body. You know he had the uh-huh. Mars attacks aliens on him somewhere, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah. Yes, he did. Shouldn't get rid of those. Those are great. And then, so I've seen all this press. Oh, Pete Davidson's getting his all of his tattoos removed. How long is that going to take? Because there's, you know, a thousand tattoos or whatever, a hundred tattoos or whatever. And uh, we all know tattoo removal to be very painful. The, mm-hmm. Then I learn that they spun that into this campaign. So it's like, that's the joke behind the Smartwater campaign. So what came first, the chicken or the egg, the, the sponsorship or him wanting to get his tattoos removed? How did the synergy happen? I'm disgusted well, ap- by how well this works. Well, apparently he started getting them removed about five months ago. So five months ago, a.k.a. five months before the commercial aired, he started getting them removed. He doesn't say whether or not that removal coincided with this deal, but it kind of stands to reason that it did. It's in the it's in the ad if you play the ad here the literally the joke of the ad is you can hear the the laser zapping his poor body what i'm saying is like was he already in the process of getting them removed whenever Smartwater approached him or not i know and i'm, I'm saying assuming... and if that's the truth then what genius copywriter noticed that in the celebrity news and said we should give pete davidson money to do a funny ad about making bad decisions because you're dehydrated <laughs> i've made a lot of questionable choices and a couple of them need removing. Were all my bad decisions because I was dehydrated? I mean, maybe. Now I'm trying to make smarter choices. Hydrating with smart water and stuff like that. More proof that it's brilliant added, more proof that what smart water wants out of this is like fully just PR and what advertising agencies want out of this is awards. Like this is I more know, about, it's true. It's is, about is that when you search this, it's mostly trade press, which is really funny to me. Not mostly, but you get more advertising trade press for this than you would about like a traditional like piece of Spawn that we would talk about on this podcast. Like usually when we talk about Spawn on Who Weekly, it's who really Whoey Spawn this is that very isn't meant to get awards. This is Demi Spawn in that like they want to win awards at Cannes. You know, like this is meant to make an advertising agency like famous this also gives me pete davidson is a them vibe you know yeah remember when we also first called because... pete davidson a them and everyone was mad i think he is a yeah, them now i think he might be and also when he was spotted like smooching bridgerton girl at mm-hmm. uh wimbledon, wimbledon which is the funniest most british place to be caught smooching your british girlfriend mm-hmm. your new british girlfriend uh your posh that british got girlfriend. was crazy i was reading the of course the trade the trade write-up of this is so funny because they they interviewed you know the uh, they interviewed the group the director <laughs> of the hydration portfolio at the Coca-Cola company. You know, like they mm-hmm. interviewed you know this and and they said um, Pete Davidson is quote a good-humored, great-natured stand-up guy who's just trying to learn from his past and keep living smarter. <laughs> I just like all of these are so overwritten. It's such ad copy. But I just hate that it's like. It works because going on like Jimmy Fallon and talking about getting all your tattoos removed is a compelling story. It's like when I first was reading about this, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And then did you notice like TMZ was doing like photoshops of like Machine Gun Kelly without tattoos? Like yeah. it is. A th- it's like causing a thing. Uh-huh. 
And I bet a lot of this was unpredictable. Like, there's only so much that you can, like, see into the future when it comes to, like, planning for some sort of ad like this or some sort of, like, high-profile thing like this. I don't think anyone could have predicted Page Six would be photoshopping tattoos off of Machine Gun Kelly because Pete <laughs> Davidson started in a Smartwater ad where he's talking about getting his tattoos removed. Like, that's And absurd. they realized that people were compelled by this story of Pete mm-hmm. Davidson getting his tattoos removed because it's a fascinating story how it's fascinating i don't know but when uh, he was telling the story i watched it i watched the clip i'm like triggered at the thought of like end of campaign decks where they're like here's our success story and also what do you think about this so he's a them now but it also seems like he's trying to transition into another type of them i'm like i love tattoos don't get me wrong Lindsay and i just got more i want to fill up my at least one arm with them you want to fill up your arm wow but i do think that like obviously when you're an actor whenever your job is turning into characters right you want to take away some of those defining marks right like a tattoo So he clearly wants to be an actor, right? Like he wants to do more acting. No, at first he said, I don't want to sit in the makeup chair so long. That's like when this first broke, he didn't want to, he wanted his tattoos gone because he was sitting in the makeup chair getting Mm -hmm. them covered up for hours and hours and hours before shooting. And a lot of celebrities have to, Harry Styles was just doing this for Mm -hmm. that movie that he was in. They have to get there so early because if it's a movie where it's like back in time, they can't have... These right. insane amounts of tattoos. And I mean, it's a actually, pain in the ass to have them. Even when it's not a movie that's back in time, the most defining feature about Pete Davidson at this point, or at least at a certain point, was his tattoos. And right. it's like, you're right. Like, he can't disappear into a role with that. Like, if, you know? even if you're in a movie set in 1999, you can't have Ariana Grande bunny ears on your arm, you know? Like, that well, didn't work. <laughs> it's like, I. it's not like I don't take people who have tattoos seriously. I love tattoos. I have them. But I do think if you're, def- but if you're an actor and you have these truly wacky tattoos that are like, characters and like recognizable words and whatever and whatever it is probably distracting for people you know what i mean to see you as a blank slate and the makeup chair must be a nightmare and doing it over and over and over again because you probably have to do it every single day it's probably much more frustrating than going to the tattoo removal place a few times actually have to go to a tattoo removal place. no i mean it's not the 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 truth is that it's not more annoying than going to going the removal place because it's a laser and it takes like eight or twelve times for you to zap off each one so it's Mm -hmm. like it is going to take him many years to get rid of all these tattoos. So it is it he is easier to do the makeup and less painful. But I agree with you that in the long run, if he's like, I'm trying to do real acting shit, it's like it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Did you also Just, notice when he was when he did you see the zoom in when he was sitting at Wimbledon with a Bridgerton girl whose name is Phoebe Dunn? Phoebe Phoebe Dunn. Dun- <laughs> okay. Phoebe, Whose name is Phoebe? Her name is Phoebe something. De, Phoebe Dinn. Phoebe Dinnivore. <laughs> Dinnivore. He was wearing like a charm necklace with a picture of Lauren Michaels in it as like a joke. Did you see this? Or I mean, as a serious, no. I don't know. He was wearing a portrait around his neck, and if you zoomed in, it was Lauren Michaels. Oh, Anyways. God. Just yet again to show like the Bridgerton effect, or not the Bridgerton effect, like the Bridgerton fizzle. How Bridgerton was the biggest show on television for. Seven days? Yeah, eight tops. And Reggae Jean Page was like, I'm out of here. I got to use this momentum now. And everyone who's still there is like, eh. Like, it's funny that Pete Davidson is dating this woman who is so famous and on this huge show. And everyone's sort of like, okay, well, For wah. seven days. But for, but for, but remember how we were like, it's, it's LO, speaking of SNL, remember how we were like, LMAO, he's already doing SNL. He was mm-hmm. so smart to have done that. Mm-hmm. That was like... That was like the most genius turn. It's like, I know my time is running out to like get the next role, 
get on SNL, do the thing. I'm the Hawkeye of the moment. Like, let's go. And he did. I think he did. I think he booked his next role. And I think he was on SNL. And it was so smart. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, I want to read the most recent headlines. Because now in this story, Pete's the them and Phoebe Dineva is the who. Because I'm sorry, even though you were the lead and even though you are the namesake, like, I don't know who you are. I don't even know how to say your name. Here is an inside source to Us Weekly about this relationship. Their relationship continues to grow, and although they've been dating for a few months now, they are lovebirds and crazy about each other. A source tells Us Weekly exclusively that the pair have been hanging out in London while the Saturday Night Live star is on hiatus from the ABC show. Quote, the comedian is always making Phoebe laugh. They have more in common than people think and are cute together. Pete is very chill and goes with the flow. He's down for whatever Phoebe wants to do, whether it's go shopping, go to a local pub, or walk in the park. It's like, no shit He's down to do whatever Phoebe wants to do. Wait, like what? That's how like boyfriends work. Like, what are you talking about? It's like they go, they walk, they agree on things. They have more in common than you think. It's like, it's like I know what they have in common. They're both famous and they're hot. Like, what that's it. That's enough. That's enough. Next call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. <clears throat> I thought it was only fair to call in to ask about um Christina Hack. New man. Um, I guess she's dating someone named Joshua Hall. Can you tell me who that is? Thanks. I love, love, love that the week after Aunt Anstead is like, I'm dating Renee Zellweger, Christina Hawk is like, oh yeah, well, I'm dating a guy named Josh. (laughs) (laughs) These two have been doing this act for years now. It's It's actually incredible. Yeah, because she did it to her ex. She did it to to Tarek Al-Musa. She She was like, I'm dating Aunt Anstead. Right, like, I'm marrying Aunt Anstead. And he was like, um, I'll get there soon. I'll date some girl from Selling Sunset. Uh, I had the right young... She literally pulled the trigger on this like after those photos came out and after that mm-hmm. information Because they've been dating for a while. I probably both of them have been dating for a while, but then like we all know that these are like actually months. sort of calculated a as to when to release months. the info. But they were spotted holding hands at LAX, which is a yeah. great place to hold hands. I do wonder though, like if it's mutually agreed upon like who gets to announce first, or if it is kind of a game of chicken, like when you're both dating someone, and it doesn't really matter whether or not they're high profile or not, I guess in this instance, it makes it a little more interesting. It adds another layer to it. But like, are Christina and aunt in cahoots, I guess, when it comes to revealing the relationship? Like, was this an angry rebuttal? Or was it all planned from advance? I mean, the answer could be yes, but I want to say it's no. Like, I have, I'm way more interested in saying that it's no. Because... I think that this feels very much like tit for tat in a mm-hmm. little bit of an aggressive manner. Yeah. Do you think she knew that he was dating Renee Zellweger? Yeah, for sure. Because I think they share kid, right? So clearly there is communication. And Renee's out here giving the kids a $20 <laughs> bill whenever they do something that she wants. Exactly. She's like, hey, go get me a Coke. Keep the change. <laughs> But we just, we when we talked about Aunt Anstead, we were like, wow, he's in People Magazine a lot. So they both clearly have these close relationships with tabloids, like not just mm-hmm. Christina, who we know they has do. one. So does Aunt oh, Anstead. Yeah. I know. But this story gets even more twisted. That's what I love about this. Like, you think this guy is random. He's not random. So one of the, so... Page six says, although not much is known about the man who swept the HGTV star off her feet, an online bio at the Austin, Texas realty firm where he works reveals that he was once a police officer. So this guy's a former cop. Now he does real estate. His name is 
uh, Joshua Hall. Joshua Hall. God, this web of realtors. Meanwhile, you like Google a little bit more. You get you get the people, Maggie. You obviously get the people exclusive. They started dating each other, and it was intimate, real connection. They started getting oh, to know each other. Then you get to the true research demons on here. That's right, the sun. I saw an exclusive. I was like, you know, rolling by, and I saw I stopped dead in my tracks when I saw this exclusive. Christina Hawk's new boyfriend's sisters are the Hill star Stacey Adams and Kendra Wilkinson's BFF Jessica. Okay, this sounds a little bit convoluted. Who the fuck is Kendra Wilson's BFF Jessica? <laughs> turns, <laughs> turns out, turns out that the guy that Christina Hawk is dating, this guy named Joshua Hall, mm-hmm. his sister is named Jessica Hall, and she is very close friends with not only Kendra Wilkinson. But Heather, Heather Ray, Ray Young. Young. If you don't remember who Heather Ray, Ray Young is, I just mentioned her. She is the current fiance of Tara Calmusa. So Christina Hawk is dating the brother of t- her ex-husband's new fiance. Best friend. Best friend. <laughs> or close friend. Still. And not even just like, like close friends, like they did a podcast together, Jessica and Heather. Mm-hmm. That's crazy enough. Then you learn that she's also very close to this woman. Jessica is very close with Kendra Wilkinson, and she was even on the show back in the day. Mm-hmm. Then you learn that he has another sister, Joshua Hall, okay? Mm-hmm. And her name is Stacy. And she is known as, better known <laughs> as, Stacy the bartender. I and can't believe this. <laughs> I can't believe this anyone who remembers anything remembers that Stacey the bartender was an iconic character on the hills back in the day literally in 2009 where she flirted with spencer pratt and it was drama what do you think we should have some shots of i want to say patron patron it is go stacy go stacy the more i drink the more i dance you can always tell what gets you up on the bar dancing? Pour some sugar on me all day. Oh. It's like the Pour ultimate, like, let me get on the bar the and, like, strip off. You missed your calling, Stacey. What is he doing sitting there macking on a bartender at a bar? You naughty thing, you. The person who first came up with the idea of six degrees of separation is probably, like, reading this. Well, they're dead, probably. But <laughs> they're okay, reading this well. being like, holy shit. Isn't that the craziest like, I just couldn't believe the connection there. You think somebody's dating a random, but in fact, it's all connected. But like, yes, this is cuckoo bananas. I I, I, I am with you 100%. What's with you it's and cuckoo, cuckoo bananas, bananas. Oh, no, I've been saying cuckoo bananas it's too very much. very weird. And I, no, yeah. I can't stop saying it. It's cuckoo bananas. But also, I think it's really insightful as to like, these are the people, capital T, capital P, these people. No. They these are, are the all reality Hollywood Jason. players. Yes. I forget what that's from. But it's like, this is the cast of characters. You can't go too far away from the center of the hub, which includes Heather Ray Young, you know? But it's specifically the West Coast reality scene. These are the people they know. I mean, Heather and this guy's sister literally had a podcast together until recently. Like, it's not just like some random person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a close friend or like a former business partner or whatever you would call mm-hmm. that to have a podcast with someone. What is going on with Wendy Williams and Tabitha Brown? Me and Grace. This is stressful because I'm like, as much as I love, you know, our pal Norman, you know how I feel about Norman. Why didn't Norman, why didn't you tell Wendy not to come for Tabitha Brown? Like, (laughs) 
you should have told her like this is a beloved woman like it's not gonna go well if you come for her and it didn't go well but because tabitha is so good at like diffusing something like this not that she's really ever had to in the past but she clearly has that vibe where like well she literally was like i'm holier than thou like that's how she diffused it which is usually used in a negative way but she actually just did it in like a you know best of luck to you uh, i'm praying for you etc backing up we we didn't even say what happened so tabitha brown who is doing so well with the food spawn and everything. She just relaunched a spice with McCormick. McCormick. Which is hilarious because it's like, name a name a spice brand. That's it, you know? That's the spice brand. In terms of, a, you know, a them spice brand. I got a McCormick spawn at, I was like flipping through TikTok and like oh, on the couch and Josh was w- watching me flip through and I saw Tabitha's McCormick spawn yeah. pop up in my FYP. And I it's flipped, called Sunshine. It's called Sunshine. I flipped past it right right after and Josh was like I thought you liked her why did you skip her and I was like it's spawn I know I know what this is like I don't need to see this again like, it's called sunshine I saw her make veg burgers with it, it looks fucking delicious whatever I'd love to try. I definitely will try it I think she is great and we've talked yeah. about her she's a kind of a TikTok phenomenon in terms of the fact she's like a little bit older than the usual TikTok star mm-hmm. she's a vegan her voice is extremely soothing and she does fun recipes and has little catchphrases we love her mm-hmm. anyways yeah. she's doing really well so she made this video on Instagram even, not even on TikTok. Actually, I don't know if it got ported over, but it was on her Instagram. It was just long. It had to be on Instagram, yeah. And it was all about how her husband, who her followers know because they've come into contact with him many Mm -hmm. times now, her husband was on the LAPD for 15 years and Mm -hmm. she decided to retire him because he wanted to work with, he has a, a nonprofit organization and he's a basketball coach for kids. And so basically the dream was for you know, for him not to have to do that anymore. He supported her for a long time when they moved to L.A. and she was going to be an actress. She tells the whole story about that. And she's like, today's her last day of work because I'm retiring my husband. That's like, and she's basically like, I'm so grateful that I'm able to do that. It's time for him to uh, think like a child and think, ooh, when I grow up, what do I want to be? And it's something else. It's time for a new journey, a new chance at life, right? And God has blessed us. He has blessed me that I can retire my husband. Her husband's name is Chance Brown. And in the video, which I'm sure I'll play clips of, like they talk about the deal they made because when they moved to LA... He supported her. He supported her. And she was like, I'm really worried about you being a cop. Like, I, I'm afraid for you every day you leave, right? And so she's like, give me five years to become a famous actress. And when I'm a famous actress, when I'm successful, I will let you leave this and I'll support you and you can live your dream. And she's like, it took longer. She talks about how it's like manifestation. She wrote down her goals and now it's, she's, she made it, she's made it happen. And she took another cop off the streets, which is tight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is tight. If if this woman wasn't making vegan burgers, she'd be doing like inspirational speaking. The, she really has the presence. Well, that's the thing. Cooking was never her deal to begin with. It's what she sort of fell into. Like she wanted to be an actor and she obviously has this beautiful voice. And she has presence. Wonderful presence. So it's like, I think the cooking stuff, once she sort of like uses all that up and gets everything she can out of it, I think she's going into more lifestyle stuff or like, or acting stuff. Her food, I'm sure, is delicious, too. And she does great recipes. And it's all vegan. And it's interesting to see how she, you know, cooks with stuff. She still makes, like, affordable make, vegan, like, vegan too. sloppy joes and stuff like that. Okay, that's not the point of this call. Clearly, this was put in front of Wendy as, like, a topic on her docket. And she doesn't know this woman. And she literally says, I don't, I don't know, know who her. this woman is. Does anyone here know her? And everyone cheered. And it's like, 
clearly, I mean, trust me, I we are the ultimate I don't know her team. We mm-hmm. we totally respect if you don't know someone. But I will say Wendy, who does seem to know everyone for her job and like is essentially like briefed every day on who people are. You know, she's not out here. This is not like, oh, I don't know Rita Ora as a as a little bit of a tiff, a gag thing. Oh, this woman, I forgot about her all the time. This is somebody who she read the story but like wasn't given the background on who the woman was. She called mm-hmm. her an influencer, which is like not not true, but also it's a little bit different if she had watched any of her other videos or had been told by her, her her producers, oh, you should watch a few of these TikToks to get a sense of like who she is. I don't know. Right? I don't know about any of that, but I do agree with you that like Wendy really didn't know who this woman was. Maybe that's the proof too that she, whenever Wendy says, I don't know who this person is, she really means it because mm-hmm. this, if she had really known who she was, but was being a little playful about it, she wouldn't have had this reaction or she, I don't, I think she would have known better not to kind of come for this woman in this way. She was like, you know what? I've seen this movie because I lived it. I was married to one of those. You know, I make the money and so on and so forth. Go live your dreams, buy a business, you know, stay with me, but go, go, go. You see how that turned out. I predict that this marriage is gonna be on real rocky ground in a moment. Live your dream. Then they invest in stuff and they lose the money. And then they invest in something else and the money gets swindled or stolen. Then they invest again. Then he comes home and throws his bag down. And he's like, and she's like, what? What? And he's like, I can't do this. And this is your fault. So she's saying, you know, this was my experience and my my experience is gospel and it's never going to work for that work out for this woman and I predict the end of their marriage, right? <sighs> it's not atypical at all. This is what Wendy says, this is what Wendy does. It just so happens she's talking about someone who is kind of unimpeachable at this point. Like you can't If Tabitha hadn't have like come back for her, clap back for her. This would have disappeared. This wouldn't have made any sort of news no. because it really is like in a line of like many things that Wendy says that are just like she really makes it personal sometimes mm-hmm. and she doesn't have like a very peaceful perspective at this point. No. And so And it's understandable. Yeah, I kind of I I get it. If you didn't know who she was, you were just presented with this story, you'd be like, don't do it. But, you know, we you have a little bit more of the story and you're like, clearly the you know, this is a nice thing for this family. Yeah. So part three comes when Tabitha makes a video and she said, you know, she basically like with the power of God, just annihilates Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) Because my family has been under attack for quite some time, which, as I I think the saying is, new levels, new devils, right? Um, But I'm so grateful for the attacks because that just means God trusts me with them. Oh, he trusts me for the attacks that come because he knows I shall not be moved, right? The part at the end, I'm going to replay it here, when she says... Like, she's talking about how, like, Wendy basically is an instrument of Satan. Like, she doesn't quite say that, but she's like, she's like, Satan finds people to come for you and attack you and whatever. And 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 the enemy gets mad about that. Okay? He gets angry about that. And he would try to use anything or anybody to attack you. Honey, look, strangers, family, friends, he will try his best to seek and destroy there's a lot of negativity out there in the world. And I want to encourage people to ask yourselves, and this is a specific person I'm speaking to, why am I triggered 
by happiness. Why am I triggered by happiness? I've never heard that question before. That is such a like an instant br- Tabitha Brownism. Yeah. Like Tabitha needs to watch Wendy Williams the movie and Wendy Williams What a Mess, and she'll exactly. Know, she'll it's like Tabitha, you will understand this woman. Just watch Wendy Williams What a Mess, and you'll get it. It wouldn't surprise me if Tabitha didn't know Wendy's whole story either. You know, like there's a lot of story to know. Sure, but like Tabitha doesn't have to know about Wendy because w- Tabitha didn't come for Wendy. Right, exactly. Wendy came for Tabitha, and it is Wendy's job as a what we do every day to know a little bit of context about the people she's coming for if she doesn't want this to happen. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if this happened because Wendy loves this shit. So it's like mm-hmm. maybe she'll clap back to the clap back. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a very, it's a very, it's a very interesting situation. Now she knows who she is, I bet. There right. you go. I bet you it wouldn't surprise me if like Tabitha has been reached out to by the Wendy Williams show to like appear. Yeah, but I do feel like it would be nice for them to talk because maybe this is like a comp. Maybe Tabitha as somebody who's like interested in like spreading happiness, spreading joy, spreading mm-hmm. understanding would want to go talk to Wendy and just yeah. be like, you know, here's the deal or whatever. And then I would Wendy would learn her about Wendy. her. And I could see Wendy actually handling that very well, to be honest. She's mm-hmm. very good at like maneuvering those types of situations. Like she'll take it. And I'm sure Wendy has heard this in the past, but it's like, you cannot let these past relationships, this one terrible man that you were with forever, define your entire yeah. perception of what a relationship can be. Because if well, anything, she's like... she's still, you know, she's still going through it. She's still, she's still dealing with the, with the aftermath of it all. Mm-hmm. She still works the same job that he worked at with her for, hun- for hundreds of years, yeah. for tens of years, you know, like... I'm sure it's tough. I don't know. I'm just, it's very interesting. But yeah, she shouldn't, uh, don't come for Tabitha Brown. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, first or second time, long time. So the other day on the comments um, on Celeb Picks page, there was a Instagram of Brian Austin Green. And then he was saying how grateful he or like appreciative he was of his girlfriend, Sharna Burgess. And then <laughs> the Megan Fox commented on the Instagram saying grateful for Sharna. And I need to know if grateful for Sharna sarcastic or if she is truly grateful for Sharna and why. Um, Fox News had it as a headline today. Megan Fox grateful for Brian Austin Green's girlfriend, Sharna. And then... Us Weekly three hours ago had Sharna sends love to Megan Fox after comment on Brian Austin Green's post. And then Yahoo Entertainment had Brian Austin Green visits Disney World with his three sons and Sharna, in quotes, great fun. So I need to know, are they on good terms? Was this Megan throwing a little shade Sharna's way? Like, what's the dynamic of this? Ruffle situation. Okay, thanks. Crunch, crunch. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. As to whether or not the first question, is it sincere or is it sarcastic? I think it's both. I think it's like right down the middle both. What do you think? I mean, I think Megan Fox has a bit of a sense of humor, so you a could say bit. it's both. But I think I think it's ultimately more earnest and, and actually nice than it is. I think it's like 60-40. Because 60, wouldn't you also be grateful for Sharna if this woman came into your yes. life, took, her, took your bitter ex-husband off your hands and like was nice to your kids? You'd be like, hashtag grateful for Sharna. You'd be like, hashtag grateful for Sharna. Now I don't have to deal with this fucking asshole. Exactly. Because he was going around. When they, when they first got, when she first got in a relationship with Machine Gun Kelly, Brian Austin Green, Bag, our favorite, you know, washed up Bag was like, 
like to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like he was like terrible. He just was like he was He's terrible in he every sucks. tabloid, like blah blah blahing. Remember when he was like, I'm going out with Courtney Sodden. Well, no wait, I'm not. Like mm-hmm. it was just a mess. And so I truly believe that she is hashtag grateful for Sharna. <laughs> it's also the funniest thing to say grateful for Sharna. Once you get it in your head, it's stuck there. It really puts me in a happy place. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. I do think that she's actually grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. I do think that there's a reason why she wrote that too, because people are going to see it and say, and say, oh, wow, like, oh, they're in a good place or whatever. And I also think there's like a tinge of sarcasm. It's like, thank God this girl's here because thank God. I think there's more than a tinge. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm willing to give it like a 60-40 uh, point. I'm giving, it a, I'm giving it an 80-20. 80-20? Yeah. Can we, can we meet in the middle and say like 70-30? Uh, I'll do 75-25. I think Megan Fox is just too funny and too aware to not know how this would be interpreted. But don't you think she's actually grateful for Sharna? I just think that there are other ways she could have worded it. Like, it's so succinct in, like, a low-level petty way. Like, she could have written something more explicitly earnest, but she chose not to. Or just, like, put the hearts. Right. Put the hearts there. Like, the fact that she actually chose to say something that could have been interpreted as sarcastic makes me think that it there's considerable sarcasm in there. (laughs) Grateful for Sharna. But, like, do I think she is grateful for Sharna? You bet your ass I think she's grateful for Sharna. I'm grateful for Sharna. You know why I'm grateful for Sharna? Because she gave us this segment. Me too. Grateful for Sharna. I'm not grateful for Brian Austin Green. He seems like a dick. (laughs) Yeah, but that's why you're even more so grateful for Sharna. 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 Okay, let's move on. Um, Brie Larson is slowing down, quote unquote. Um on her YouTube channel and she's very devastated by <laughs> what in the who? Um, I also didn't realize how many diehard Brie Larson scams there are. These comments are just insane. Anyway, what will Brie need to do next? Crunch Crunch. Brie Larson's agent and manager were like, all right, time to <laughs> stop this project. Time to move. Come on back, Brie. They did the like circle thing with their pointer finger and then like bring them in. And then they brought in like the movers to take out her ring light and all of her like yeah. like her DSLR, yeah. like her fake yeah. ass garage content exactly. studio. They were like, enough of this. Uh, we'll see you back in the studio. <laughs> Marvel paid Monday. for all of it. It's like Captain Marvel's two and three need to get shot now. This caller's like, what's she going to do next? It's like, she's an actor. She says what's she this gonna in do her next? video. She's going to do what she was doing before. I have no problem with the videos. And I really have no problem with Brie Larson. I have a problem with her introducing this as something that she was going to do forever when we all knew this was going to end the minute people got vaccinated. I mean, the she minute got a good year life went in. back to normal. Of she course she did. She got a good year did. in. More than a lot of people. You know, like More a lot, a lot of, people, of people, like some good news, what? They got three episodes and John Krasinski <laughs> was like, I'm out of here, bitch. He was like, goodbye, <laughs> see you later. You know, like at right. least Brie put in actual work. The bigger the celebrity, the less tolerance they truly have for the YouTube format. Yes. So the fact that she got a year in and she did genuine youtube things, which was even funnier. She'd mm-hmm. be like, today I'm doing the challenge where you like make a Hot Pocket, but uh, blindfolded. <laughs> today, it's like, I'm going to make a crunch wrap. I'm going to make a crunch wrap, but I'm going to make it vegetarian. It's like, right. 
Get it. She's like, great. <laughs> doing the things, you know? She wasn't out here doing her own thing. Like but, Jerry Hallowell or whatever. But Remember she that? Is, oh, yeah. Did that go away? Did she ever update that YouTube again? I have no YouTube idea. YouTube. I don't even want to look. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I want to see. She stopped doing it about three months ago. It looks like she is done with YouTube, which I get. Okay. She only has 14,000 subscribers. Brie Larson got like almost a million subscribers. Well, Amazing. over half a million. Amazing. She Amazing. got one of those YouTube plaques where you... You know, you get a plaque whenever you reach major subscriber milestones. Okay, but I made, to celebrate Bree's short-lived but uh, respectable respectable. YouTube journey, I made a short little in-memoriam with some fun clips from some of her more iconic videos. I'll play it now, and then after that, we'll go into the next call. Hi, I'm Bree Larson. Oh, God. Hi, (laughs) I'm Bree Larson. I'm... An actor, you might know me from Captain Marvel, or maybe you know me from nothing. Maybe you just randomly from the algorithm clicked on this, but regardless, hello, I'm starting a YouTube channel. Why am I starting a YouTube channel? Great question. Hello, YouTube. Uh, I'm sitting here uploading footage for today's video and realizing I didn't do an intro. (laughs) Hi, YouTube. Oh. Welcome to my channel. Today is Saturday, which means I'm living in don't know the results of the election realness. Oh, YouTube, yeah. This is to say that I want to be part of van life. This is my channel, and here I am making my first gaming video. Is this your gamer garage? Hello, YouTube. Here we are in 2021 answering some of the biggest questions plaguing us today. And now I'm adding in something else for us to ponder, but will it air fry? Hello, YouTube. It was great the first time, so I'm back at it again for part two of, but will it air fry? Today, I'm gonna be testing my memory. Hello, YouTube. I am here with a true legend, Cassie from Blogilates. Hello, YouTube. So here we are with another video and no, it is not an announcement that I have joined the cottagecore movement. Hello, YouTube. Things seem tough sometimes, don't they? I'm headed to uh, to go see the Dolan twins who are gonna teach me how to longboard. Uh, okay, so it's about time for our first guest. Glennon Doyle. So I'm going with the vibe of the year, which is I don't have a plan. <laughs> I still don't know how to do these intros. Try and make some holiday sugar cookies. The glitch is I'm gonna try and make them healthy. I wanna make crunch wraps and cream. I put clothes on today, which feels like a true accomplishment. I'm hopeful that you will get bored and want to do a, do a cover me. We're gonna start maybe a new little thing on the channel which is Bree's bucket list, which is basically just me doing things on my bucket list. And um, one of them is developing photos. Happy one year anniversary of the channel. And now I'm gonna cry. So I did not think that I would hit the one year mark on this, to be quite honest. I think you get where I'm going. It's the one year anniversary And at this exact time, I'm gonna have to slow down on this. I can't keep up with doing videos weekly. Um, (laughs) 
I gotta go back to my job, my first job, my acting job. I am sad about it. This is not the last video. I'm going to do more. It's just, it's not gonna be able to be on a weekly schedule. I <sighs> okay. I hope that you feel happy and safe in your body. Hi, Weekly. So, um, it appears on Instagram that Becca Tilly, who was the runner-up on Chris Souls' season of The Bachelor, he was the um, farmer guy who ended up killing someone in a hit-and-run drug driving accident. Anyway, he's not important because she um, basically confirmed her relationship with Haley Kiyoko on Instagram recently, she posted a reel and then Haley like reposted it to her story with the, the pleading eyes emoji. So it looks like she's moved on well. Anyway, uh, crunch, crunch. Bye. Oh, wow. I love this. Wow. This I is such this. a, when I saw this, I was like, what? This is like a, such a crazy connection. But apparently they've been dating for like a long time, just not really open and like you know pointing it out but now right. it's really become now they're like yeah we we're dating and that rolls Haley kyoko just to remind you is the pop star who has like a very niche following but a really passionate following her music rules she's like out she's a lesbian and yeah she's v extremely cool and her music is extremely fun and she's one of those people who it's like she just needs to find that hit that's going to make her hit it big and she hasn't quite done that yet but she's very successful and she's an actor too she's in the tanache realm she's in the um, who else were we just talking about? Oh, she's in the Rina Sawayama realm. Oh, it's a Charlie XCX realm. Charlie XCX realm. She's in the Christina and the Queens realm. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of Petty Who, even. Mm -hmm. Like, she is also kind of an iconic uh, mu gay musician, too. She's so queer this icon. is yes. this is so great that she's dating this bachelor girl who was literally paired up with one of the most ugh, winners yeah. of all uh, bachelors of all time and Haley kyoko is out and proud she talks about in interviews how she came up to her family at a young age but this other woman becca tilly is never and like yeah. is best known for what vying for the attention of the straightest man possible on the straightest right. show possible you know like right. everything about her personal life is as straight as can be but the lesbians have known and when you actually dig into the history of this you see that like the lesbians on the L the L chat message boards, you know, lchat.net. The sure. lesbians have known and they've been like, I love this relationship. They're so cute. I wonder when they're going to announce it publicly. And it looks like they finally did it. So what the caller was talking about was they recently went on vacation together. It looks like they were somewhere wa water friendly, beachy. Like, I think they might like be in Hawaii. Hawaii. I think they're in Hawaii because um, there's like a sea turtle. I don't know. It looks like very like where the people from L.A. go. Well, I guess Becca has, every Bachelor person has a podcast, so Becca has a podcast, and I guess she's, like, hinted towards dating women, or, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, like, there's a part where her co-host said, like, didn't know Jap Japan didn't know Japan was so romantic, and Becca was kind of like, uh, you know, because, like, the implication that she was there with Haley, mm -hmm. and that they were romantic or whatever, but uh, then this video that they just recently posted, which I think was a 4th of July thing because there was yes. a firework so in it. So Becca posted the reel, Haley reposted the reel, and they commented like hearts on each other's posts. Like, it's, 
I don't know. And Joel Fletcher, another bachelor, says, love you both. Like, it sounds like if you know, you know. And yeah, she's not being explicit about it. But like, how else do you read this? Something I found very cursed is that Chris Sewell's liked the real. <laughs> just get away from here, Chris Sewell's. I hate yeah. it. Stay out of this Yeah, I mean, I think it's the perfect, like, it's, I mean, these, I just love, it's like these bachelor people, they like either date each other or they date like, you know, a, like a who. And it's per- it's a perfect combo of these two. I love it. Or they're it. like, I'm done with heterosexuality. It. This is bullshit. And then, yeah. and then they date Haley Kyoko. It's like I participated in the the heterosexual like pageant, the, the mm-hmm. highest pageant of heterosexuality. And now I'm moving on. And also, wasn't Becca Tilly's whole thing? I mean, I, I am not a bachelor I don't person, I know. But I think that one of her things was, because in some of the stories I was seeing this, that she was a virgin. So at the time of her being on the show, that was one of her, like, details where she was like, I'm a virgin, and that's one of my, like, identifying factors. So I think that that's also interesting, too, where it's like, you know... She didn't know. She didn't know what she didn't know. There were things she yeah. never knew she never knew. And now she knows. And what she knows is that she has a thing for Haley Kiyoko. Uh-huh. Great. It reminded me of the Jasmine Hughes profile of Lil Nas X that was just in the New York Times magazine. I mean, it. Yeah. his story is very specific, but there is something to be said about there being an actual out and proud gay pop star or multiple out and proud gay pop stars and how seeing a pop star perform their sexuality, you know, in ways that fulfill them personally as opposed to just ways that like make the audience say like ooh something sexy is really cool and like actually very inspiring and um, I encourage you to read that story as well. Hey Lindsay Bobby so my friend the other day sent me a screenshot of an Instagram model from Brazil uh, named I'm trying to find her name again Jessica Arantes and her whole account is just her in bikinis and stuff, you know, and all of her comments are just generally bikini things, you know, general influence kind of things. But she then goes to tell me that, oh, this is J.K. Rowling's daughter. Let me make sure that her name is right. But basically, there is a woman out there, according to Google, that is J.K. Rowling's daughter who is a Brazilian swimsuit bikini influencer. And there is some, like, Reddit speculation that actually, you know, this woman is not her. She just looks like J.K. Rowling's daughter, who is about the same age, like 26, 27. I really want to know, is this woman her? Am I getting her name right in the first place? And who is J.K. Rowling's daughter nowadays anyway? So, yeah, help me solve the mystery. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. This is such a myth. Like, I couldn't give one shit about J.K. Rowling, but, like, this mystery was, like, too compelling for me not to, like, go the same routes that a lot of people are going on Google to try and figure this out. Mm-hmm. Because J.K. Rowling has been married twice. She has kids with her second husband, and she has kids with her first husband. Her first husband was this Portuguese guy who was not great to her. And there's like mm-hmm. a whole story about that because it's part of like her origin story about how she like wrote Harry Potter or whatever. She had uh, a daughter named Jessica Isabel Rolling Arantes. Yeah. And she she lived in Portugal. But now th- there this woman on Instagram who is Instagram.com slash Jessica Arantes is a Brazilian kind of bikini model slash influencer. And mm-hmm. I think it's the same woman. I think she looks like her. I mean, she and really looks like her. This isn't just a Reddit thread like 
other publications are connecting these people. Like, this isn't some caller exclusive. Like, the people who are saying it's not her daughter are confused because they're like, well, how could this Brazilian woman be her daughter? And it's like, very easily, she, she her father is Portuguese. Is Portuguese, right. Right. So it was and probably so quite easy for Portuguese. her to move to Brazil and, like, right. figure it out. Right. Uh, it's just weird because she really kind of does look like J.K. Rowling. Like, she looks it, like her. There is a there is a resemblance, and there's no photos of them together. They must not be close. Like that's right. Like, would you be close thing. to your turf mom? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> if my mom were a turf, I'd move to Brazil and be like, bye bye. I'm separating myself from this narrative. But it is funny because only a few months ago, the Daily Mail had like a talk of the town that was like, I hear congratulations to J.K. Rowling on order. Her eldest daughter is set to tie the knot. Jessica, 29, is the author's child by her first husband, former TV journalist Jorge Arantes. And Rowling has previously described how as a baby, Jessica would sit in her pram for hours on end while she wrote the first Harry Potter books in Edinburgh coffee shops. And it says, in typical secret style, J.K. is keeping the secrets of the, the wedding, details of the wedding low key. I don't even think she's involved in this. We- like, no. I don't even think she she is involved in this wedding. What? I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Right? I, it's, there's no evidence that they even are in communication. No. I have seen no photos. I have seen no actual like written written communication. Like she probably yeah. has a credit card, you know, like <laughs> great. She's right. got a trust fund or whatever. Maybe, right. That's true. That's true. But she has a YouTube account. She doesn't update it that often. She doesn't but update she's it. Doing... Her Instagram is constant. This looks like her daughter. This looks like her daughter. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I just people. I think people are just like, whoa. But it's like, no, it makes sense if you actually just like read that she has this daughter who whose father is Portuguese and who probably it would make sense move to Brazil. Right. Like, and again, like if your mom is J.K. Rowling and your dad is like simply not, wouldn't you choose the dad? Simply <laughs> like, not. What a great mystery. What a fun who. I mean, it's just so funny that th- yeah, this this history. Yeah, her, her Instagram really doesn't reveal anything, really. The only thing that I could see after scrolling all the way down, because again, most of these images are in Brazil, or at least specifically not England. There's a lot of like tropical locales, a lot of palm trees. But one photo, there's one photo that she took of like like a souvenir from London. And it says, London, love, Tower Bridge, London. And oh. she just captioned it with the blue heart. Oh, where, okay. where my interpretation of it, again... It's a little, it's a little uh, confirmation bias, but I'm thinking, oh, she's like, well, this is where I'm from, Hart, London. It'll always Maybe. be, it'll always be my, you know, birthplace. Maybe, Maybe. right? Maybe. Maybe. We are running long, so I think we're going to skip Who Them today. So um, thank you for listening to the episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on Patreon.com for bonus episodes. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our read a theme song. Um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, please. We love it, and have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hey. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Grateful for Sharna. Hello. Uh, this message is largely for Lindsay because I know she loves a vanity license plate. This one's not exactly clever, though. But since you brought up Chad Michael Murray, I thought I'd tell this. Uh, I used to live in Wilmington, North Carolina, where Chad Michael Murray lived because we were filming One Tree Hill or whatever it was at the time. And it was a small town, very easy to notice, uh, distinctive vehicles and things like that. And he drove uh, one of the big, ugly yellow Hummer H2s, and his license plate was CMM, 
just his initials. Uh, he really enjoyed being a big fish in a small pond. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, um, massive BTS fan here. Love that y'all talked about them and how, like, twisted that guy is um, for, like, trying to look really, really messed up. But anyways, I'll just call to clarify a few things. Um, all the BTS members, they do have solo work. Um, you know, on their regular albums, a lot of them have, they all have solo songs. They do duets, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the rappers, they all have, they all have solo albums. Um, two of them have multiple solo albums. So J-Hope, Shoga, and RM, those are the rappers. They all have solo albums. They've all hit number one. They've broken records, but it's not reported. So then that's why over here in the West, we don't think that they have any solo work. But it's not your fault if you don't know that. It's just poorly reported. Also, something that was poorly reported is that BTS's label, Big Hit, they became HYBE hype. Do you want to say? I don't know. But um, they bought the catalogs of like, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, and Demi Lovato. Um, and BTS owns, like, major stock in that company. So they're actually, like, super wealthy and in charge of their careers. A lot of people think that they're just, like, doing whatever the record label tells them to, but they're not because they write and produce all their songs. Okay. Anyways, crunch, crunch. Thanks for listening to that rant. You don't have to air this. I just wanted you to know they all have solo work and have broken records. But it's not reported. <sighs> Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, so I know you said don't call in with your stories about panic rooms, uh, but I just have a, a cute little fun one. So I had a coworker who spent a lot of time in Switzerland, like years at a time on and off working, and I was telling her, oh, I'm going on this vacation to Switzerland. Uh, where should I stay when I'm in Lucerne? And she was like, you know that you can stay at a jail. And I was like, What? She's like, there's a hotel in this town in Switzerland where you stay in, like, a literal jail. And I was like, oh, like, maybe it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, oh, it's an old jail, and they retrofit it, and, like, maybe the the doors of the lobby look, you know, whatever. No, it's, like, it's called Jail Hotel, all one word. It is a literal jail. Um, you stay, like, behind bars, and you stay on jail cots. And I asked my coworker, why I would want to stay there. And she said, oh, it's terrible, um, but it's a fun experience because when you're there, sometimes the doors just lock. It's like your own personal panic room. And I was like, this just sounds terrible. And I didn't go, and then COVID hit, and now I can't go. So um, crunch, crunch, bye. This was terrible. Has Ringo seen Rango? <laughs> 